Hello, welcome to the D&D Roundtable presented by The Tome Show. I'm your host, James Intercasso. Please use the affiliate links on thetomeshow.com whenever you shop on Amazon or D&D Classics to help support the show. Just go to thetomeshow.com, click on the links in the show notes for this episode or any other, and then shop as you normally would. I'd also like to thank our sponsor for this podcast, noblenight.com. They're a brick-and-mortar game store that also exists online. They have any edition of any game and specialize in providing out-of-print products. With Noble Knight, you can even sell your old gaming products that you aren't using anymore. Let's hear a quick word from them. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, even Saturday. Noble Knight is a brick-and-mortar game store. Support small businesses that also exists online open 24 7 on the web they have D&D and other cool rpgs any edition any game even out of print products and at a discounted price that's out of control have a bunch of old game products collecting dust dangerous allergens noble light will buy the old stuff you aren't using anymore looking at you indiana jones rpg so go to noblenight.com and get by it and sell it take back your life and tell them the tone show sent you today we're talking about new DD minis <coughs> A new column for DMs on the D&D website and a new comedic web series about D&D produced by Wizards of the Coast. Let's meet the panel and kick things off with our get-to-know-you question. What tabletop RPG do you want to try that you haven't played yet? Rudy Basso, let's start with you. I would love to try 13th Age. I have not tried it yet. And it sounds like it's doing a lot of neat things. It's been called, I think, D&D 4.5 before it kind of continues a lot of the mechanics from fourth edition but it does a lot of really neat things uh with um with uh dming and uh stuff like that so i'd love to try 13th age out sometimes it's a lot of fun <laughs> i believe it joe Lestowski, what tabletop rpg do you want to try that you have not yet well, I, I would love to try 13th Age again just because it's a lot of fun. Uh, but uh, I also, because I've read the books and really, really want to get into it, uh, I would love to try the uh, the Dresden Files uh, RPG uh, just because the the whole book is written from the perspective of the characters and with commentary from different characters as you go through. So if you've read the Dresden Files series, um, it's just hilarious as a read, and I think it would play really nicely as a game i know jim butcher the author is a larper and he's really into the role-playing scene so and i know he had a lot of input into the game development as well so yeah i've heard that that is also a really great one alex basso what tabletop (laughs) rpg have you not played that you want to play uh i mean i'm gonna i'm gonna say 13th age as well Uh, i think rudy (laughs) or somebody described it to me as like an extension of fourth edition and ever since then it's been like i need to play 13th age and i I spent actually a lot of time just looking at some gameplay stuff and probably going to pick up the core rulebook soon so love to give it a shot allison rossi what tabletop rpg do you want to play well i'm gonna go with something different than you guys um i've always wanted to play numenera because everyone seems mm. to talk about it and it looks like really cool it kind of reminds me a little bit of of stars without number um and i would like to try it out because i mean just everyone's talking about it all the time i just don't know any people that would play it with me um to try it out so yet yet at least 
There you go. We <laughs> gotta have like a rotating game night where we just try different RPGs. Uh, if oh, I didn't already yeah. have three game nights, I would totally do that. <laughs> well, why don't we move into the world of Dungeons and Dragons and talk about the D and D Elemental Evil minis we are seeing from WizKids. Wizards of the Coast has released five previews of these minis on their sites. We got an ogre. We have a uh, fire elemental. We have an earth elemental. We have, you guessed it, an air elemental and a water elemental all up on the site, which makes sense. This is, after all, the elemental evil set. Uh, And then there are also some more minis that you can see, some heroic figures that they have on their Facebook page and that they tweeted out on their Twitter account. We'll link all of this in the show notes at thetomeshow.com. And they also have some more fire-based creatures and, and that sort of thing that they're previewing. Seems like they're definitely heavy on the elements for a lot of these creatures. And then there's also some old favorites mixed in. Like we mentioned, the ogre was the very first thing that we saw. Just like last time with Tyranny of Dragons, I'm really liking the stuff that I'm seeing coming out of WizKids. And I'm loving these miniatures. But I want to hear from you guys. Rudy Basso, what do you think? They look great, as every single WizKids miniature has looked. I I am so incredibly impressed by the level of detail on these minis. Not to say that 4th edition was bad, but I think that they've really stepped it up and, and sourcing out to WizKids has been incredibly beneficial for everybody involved. Yeah, I agree. When you're looking at someone who really knows what they do well, this was a smart company to outsource your miniature production to. Alex Basso, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I agree. I, I do think they look great. Uh I really like the fire elemental, but uh, just a personal thing. I don't really like the ogre. Uh, it looks too much like a troll from Lord of the Rings to me, uh, and not really what I kind of imagine ogres as. But the miniature does look really cool. Uh, it's just more of a you know I don't like the the choice of style. You know I agree. I like my ogres much hairier. This guy is bald all over that we can see anyway he is a cool looking mini but not my ogre hashtag not my ogre (laughs) allison rossi what do you think these minis i really love the way that they look um most of the minis that i've really got to interact with myself belong to my dm who's been playing DD for like (laughs) a really really a long time essentially um so he has a lot of the old minis um and these just i don't know they look so great but yeah i really i really like the way that they look they're i i I want to buy them i just can't afford to buy them but if i could i would buy all the ones that have come out so far from wits kids they just they're they're great i want to use them in my games if i had like infinite money cheats i would totally buy a bunch of them until i got all of them essentially (laughs) joe lastowski do you agree with all the opinions we've heard so far well i just want to say that the secret to getting all the minis is like I did, you get a job at a gaming store, and then you get a discount. And uh. <laughs> I actually have thought about working at the shop that I DM at. I was like, hmm, maybe I could work there day that's, on the weekend. That's how it worked for me. I, I DM'd there for like three or four years, and they were finally like, hey, do you want us to pay you for what you do? You're here all the time. And I said, yes. Yes, yes. I do. <laughs> <laughs> so, but uh, I, as far as the miniatures go, I, I think many of them look pretty good. I worry because I know that and this, this gets into some of my history with 5th edition, but I know how druid players can be min-maxers and <laughs> take advantage of horrific flaws in the system to get maximum effect. 
and I feel like doing a fire elemental with all sorts of swords and armor and whatnot uh, does not match the stats of the fire ele- elemental in the book. And when one of my druid players tries to turn into that, uh, he's going to say, well, look, it's got swords. It's an official fire elemental mini. It, they must have swords. There must be other attacks that he gets. He doesn't just do fire damage, so he can actually hurt that red dragon or whatever mm-hmm. other argument wants to be made. Uh, so that's that's a, a quibbling thing, but... Uh, that is something I, I think I would I would be mildly concerned about. Um, but the the big thing for me with the minis, I love that they're putting them out there. I love that they're merchandising. They're giving me more things that I can use in my games. But honestly, I'm going to use these minis in my fourth edition game because that was a game that really supported minis, and I still have not found fifth edition to be a game that really works well with miniatures. Um, I know there's conversions in the DMG and whatnot, but everything is written in much more of a theater of the mind vague idea of where people are kind of way that i feel like uh it won't it won't play as well with minis another thing is that i don't see these aligning as well with the fifth edition game as it is right now i am not sure that the mini with the swords and fire and armor is actually a fire elemental uh that's oh okay yeah if it's an archon or something then that's okay yeah yeah, it could be something else. The fire elemental mini that they have previewed actually has no armor or swords. So, oh, okay, then then no problem. Don't worry about that. You're safe with your druids. Well, there. it could be. It could <laughs> be. I have maybe no. it is the sword. Like it, it. We don't know what that is. So um, we're still not safe with the druids because they can summon a herd of elk to make all of your monsters prone all the time. Oh, so no, boy. you're not safe with druids. But that's another matter. <laughs> Well, like I said, all these visuals will be linked at thetomeshow.com, so go there, check them out. Moving on, Behind the Screens has launched, and no, we're not talking about Behind the DM Screens, a podcast here on the Tome Show Network. No, we are talking about a new column on the Wizards of the Coast D&D official website. Behind the Screens, different DMs and their campaigns. Sometimes it's going to be people on the R&D team. Sometimes it's going to be other people on the Wizards staff. And sometimes it might be people from the greater community at large. I would expect to see something maybe from people like Bill Cavalier, a.k.a. the Dungeon Bastard. This first one from Rodney Thompson... Uh, you know, it had a lot of, basically, his his general prep notes, the notes that he uses to run the game, walked us through the different ways that he lays each of those out. You know, it was cool. A lot of it was stuff that I feel like we've already seen before. Um, so anyway, I thought this first one was cool. I'm definitely excited for it to actually get a few articles out of its system because I feel like we'll stop seeing some of that generic advice we see over and over again and get into maybe some new, cool, interesting stuff. Uh, so I am hopeful that this column is only going to continue to get better, and the first one is already pretty good. Uh, but what do you guys think? Alex Basso. First article, like you said, very general, generic info. Um, I mean, as someone who really has no intention to ever dm in my life uh it's not going to be too useful for me but uh getting this information out to every dm will make me enjoy being a player better <clears throat> i love uh not following the main quest while i'm in people's games and just going off and doing my own stuff so getting more dms to uh prep with uh things to do that's gonna make the game more fun for me 
Awesome. Awesome. That is a great player outlook to have. I like that. Thank you, Alex Basso, because it is, as we know, official DM appreciation. Alison Rossi, you do DM uh, quite do. a bit. <laughs> what do you think of this column? Are you excited to see it? Well, actually, yes, I am. Um, you know, the one thread that I constantly see popping up on RD&D is threads like, I'm a new DM. <laughs> what do I do? Because there's so many new people getting into D&D with, with 5th edition. There's... I feel like there's there's not a lot of variety in in the replies they get because it's a question you see all the time. You know, how do I do M? What do I do? How do I set up my story? So by giving them, you know, I guess, so to speak, quote unquote, professional DMs, giving their look behind their screen and how they prep, you know, it'll help all these new people trying to get into it. I mean, I myself am new. I only started a couple months ago. So seeing how other people do it, is is screen extremely helpful um and i i really like it so far you know it's only one article but i'm looking forward to seeing what else they have um who they're going to bring in to to write for this yeah that's what i'm really interested in seeing too who's next i want to i want to see more people yeah exactly yeah yeah Uh, joe laskowski what do you think of this article you two are quite a game master who is constantly running several different games I, I think it's the beginning of something helpful. I, I think this first article is really great uh, if you're planning to prepare a home game. What I would like, what I would be eager to see, is someone either either somebody at Wizards or or maybe Robert Aducci who runs the D and D Adventures League uh, Facebook page um, and and that whole program. Someone talk about uh, DM tips for organized play games uh, for for where anyone can show up at your table where you can't prepare you know character interludes because you don't know what characters are going to be there and and how do you deal with what happens when you have five fighters show up at your table and what you know those sorts of a thing and so i would i would be eager to see them expand this and continue this with more specified situations like the here's a here's the way i prepare if i know that i'm going to have uh, a bunch of i'm going to be playing with a bunch of younger players or here's how i i prepare if i'm going to be playing at a, an open gaming table where i don't know who's showing up or here's how i do it for conventions where i know i only have 2 hours to do the game and so those sorts of things so that those of us that find ourselves in specific DMing situations can have sort of a toolbox to go to. Yeah, I actually think that is a great idea and certainly would help them support their own organized play program since that is on the back of volunteer DMs, you know? And I wonder if they'll weave some columns like that into this. That would actually be pretty great because I think even in home games, sometimes you have five fighters show up to the table. You know, oh yes, yeah, or yeah. only one player, that kind of thing. So it'd be great for for that as well. We could all benefit some from some advice. Rudy Basso, what did you think of this column? And do you want to see this series continue? How would you like to see it evolve and change? Yeah, I mean, I'm just gonna echo what everyone said. It's great. It's a great idea, uh, especially to what Allison was saying. There's a lot of new players. It makes sense to have this this on. I mean, there's plenty of awesome information out there on how to be a great DM, but to hear something from the professionals, from Watsi about what their DMs and, and other highly professional DMs do is great, great information. So hooray, keep it up. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing Chris Perkins's inevitable article. I would think he is the DM at, uh, at Dungeons and Dragons and uh, hooray. Yeah, thumbs up. Moving on, Wizards has a comedic web series called DM Support Group up on their site. You know, with all of these DMs, and they have their binders, and their Dungeon Master's Guides, and they are talking about different issues that are sort of covered 
in the Dungeon Master's Guide. It seems like it is a comedic web series that is meant to help promote sales of the Dungeon Master's Guide, which came out, you know, two and a half months ago. I would say its purpose is a little unclear. Um, the videos are, I think, well-intentioned. They have fun intentions behind them. But, you know, I think they are probably a little lackluster and leave something to be desired. The first two videos cover different issues revolving around magic items. You know, um, one sort of covers the attunement rule that's covered in the DMG, and the other rule that's covered is magic item customization and how you can use the dmg to help you out with those kinds of things there's definitely some moments that i think are like oh that was great that was a little clever or whatever um but for the most part it seems a little over the top a lot hammy and it does seem a little unfocused it seems unclear what the exact point of this web series is are we trying to entertain are we trying to sell the dmg are we trying to push dungeons and dragons overall I think some focus there would really help things uh, so I want to turn to Rudy Basso right now, who has spent a lot of time writing, directing, and producing, starring in comedic web sketch videos, because I feel like, Rudy, you are a little bit of an expert on what makes a video funny <coughs> and how to make a well-produced comedic short. So what did you think about this series? Am I being too harsh on it? I think you're being very kind to me as my videos were seen by possibly dozens of internet users uh, and probably maxed out at that. But I did spend two or three good years yeah, trying to make it on the internet. I was not super impressed by these videos, um, mainly for the reasons you specified. Uh, mostly, I, I don't know who this is for because I, I assume this would be like come play Dungeon Master Guide and it would be an introduction to new players, but they use very specific language, very specific jargon that can be very off-putting or, or confusing to new people. So then I think, well, maybe it's just for current fans, but that one character in the first episode is so stupid. It's almost to the point of, of offensive. He lacks complete common sense. Is Wizards saying, this is what Dungeon Masters are like? I, I don't necessarily think it's a good portrayal. Uh, and then, uh, you know, just from a another technical perspective, I would have liked some introduction to the characters or some sort of narrative. Just a basic, like, what this is would have been great for the first episode, but it kind of just throws you right in. I'm not the biggest fan of these, and then I, I don't think the comedy is very funny either. So, yeah, it's it's not for me. Good on them. I love the concept of doing a web series to promote it. I would love to have sent them my reel and uh, maybe sent them a few uh, specs, but it is what it is, and um, hopefully it'll improve. They, they have to start somewhere, certainly, but it does feel very amateur in its acting and portrayal of DMs, like you said, to the point where it's n they're trying too hard to be funny. There's definitely an aspect of trying too hard, and it's all over the place. Like you said, it lacks focus. You know, is it for new players? If so, why are they using all of this jargon? Is it to promote the DMG? If so, why aren't you covering a broader range of topics? Why is it just all about magic items? So I, you know, I, I agree with you there. I think that there is definitely a lot of problems with this thing. Uh, Allison Rossi, what did you think of this series? So I think it's cute, but I kind of agree with you guys where I'm not really sure where exactly they're going with it. Um, and it would be kind of nice if, if they gave more direction to it, even just on the page that it's on so far. Um, they introduce it in just a couple sentences, 
Um, and it says, you know, we, we look in at the support groups so that they can find some help and insight with their, with the pages in the dungeon master's guide. Um, so, so I feel like they need to explain it more. Is this supposed to be directed at people who have been playing for a while, who already know what all these words mean, or is this supposed to be directed towards new people? And, you know, Hey, if you don't know this word, go look it up. Or is it trying to sell the Dungeon Master's Guide more because people were posting questions how certain things work? So I, I, I like the idea. I wish there was more backup to it. Why are, why are we doing these YouTube videos? Um, what is the exact purpose of it? Or maybe it's just something fun that they wanted to do because they threw the idea around and then now it's here. If you need to explain what your video is doing, maybe your video is not very good, you know? And so I feel like the video should let us know immediately, but if not, let us know why you're making it then. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I could see maybe it's DM Appreciation Month, that's why they're doing it, but uh, other than that, it's kind of a little a little foggy what exactly is the purpose of the videos, to teach or to make us laugh or, or what. Yeah, it does feel a little bit like, well, everybody has videos, so maybe we should make some videos, you know? And, and let's try to get people to share them and stuff, because... People sharing your videos is good. Yeah, and hey, I have no problem with that. If they're just trying to, to make more videos to, to be more active with the community and give some some people things to look at, and this is just the start of, of what else might be to come, that's great. You know, if you got to start somewhere, at least, you know, test the water, see how people react to it and what they get out of it, and then move from there. Joe Lestowski, what do you think? I'm going to go harder than you, and I was kind of insulted by these videos. If you want to present your game as something that intelligent people play, then this is not the way to do it. Uh, especially that one character that was just so dumb. There was there was no way to even remotely relate to 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 what was going on there. It it felt like it it really it it felt like uh, sort of the the dredges of the well. We don't have any other content to put on the site, so why don't we why don't we stick this up there? Why don't we uh, throw this up and maybe someone will like it? And I feel especially with uh, you know staff downsizing uh, at Wizards, uh, I feel like the people that are left ought to be spending their time doing something more than this. Uh, and I felt really disappointed as a consumer of D and D products that uh, I, I had to think. It, well, I'm not going to get the products I want because they're busy doing this instead. Yeah. So are you saying that you think this actually goes so far as to harm the D&D brand? I think it does. I really think it does. I think there, because there's no clear because there's no clear target audience that they're sending this at, you have to uh, assume that anyone can see this. And so if somebody who doesn't play D&D looks at this, they're going to think, wow, people that play D&D are weirdos that laugh at funny things. I don't understand. I don't want to be involved with them, you know, and, and, and I don't think that helps the brand. If somebody is an old school player who wants to get back in and they've heard that the new edition is kind of like, they're going to look at it and say, wow, the focus is all of this really obvious or really stupid stuff. I don't want to get back involved in it. You know, it, it just, it feels like it's not going to do anything to make the game better and could potentially harm the game. And also takes the people at Wizards who can make great products off of the job of making great products to make this instead. I mean, I wonder how many people who are on the R&D team making products or if this is, you know, a marketing initiative that the, the marketing team has thrown together. But I do think you're right that if I was a new player, and I think a lot of new players are a little skeptical about 
stepping into the D&D world at first because of the stigma around the game. Mm-hmm. I, I've heard many of my friends who I would classify as nerdy say like, oh, I'm not that geeky. I wouldn't play D&D. I don't know that this web video is actually going to help people get involved and play D&D. But at the same time, it seems like the only people who can find it are people who already play. So again, who is this for? We we really need to know who is this for. Alex Basso, do you agree? Are we being too hard on this thing? No, I mean I definitely agree with some points. Uh, just as the the content of the video itself, I definitely went in with the lowest expectations possible. So to that end, I was kind of surprised that it, it did make me laugh a couple of times. I thought there were some funny jokes uh, in the two episodes. But, I mean, initially I thought maybe they were targeting, like, you know, older players who are still using older editions. Like, in the first episode, the guy talks about 34 magic items in his party. So I immediately thought, oh, they're going after 4th edition players. Um, but, you know, then the second one is just very very much general DM advice. Uh, and it doesn't really seem, to, as you're saying, it doesn't really seem to have a target audience. And, I mean, as far as I know, is this just on the Wizards of the Coast website? Like, are they advertising this anywhere? Uh, who are they going after? So you're right. You guys are right. It's really kind of does. It seems kind of directionless. And what's the point of it? Right. And if we're trying to sell Dungeon Masters guides here, why are we putting it out two months after the Dungeon Masters guide came out? You know what? What's going on here? It 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 would have been a neat thing to do before the launch of the DMG. I think. You know, that might have gotten people talking about like, oh, look, they're talking about all these neat rules inside of here and, and that kind of thing. Uh, but yeah, it, it does seem very strange. Hopefully, if you do more of these in the future, uh, Wizards of the Coast, you will, uh, you know, take the lessons learned from from this one uh, and, and go from there. So there's two up on the site. Of course, we will link to it over at thetomeshow.com. And let us know, well, you know, what did you think? Were we being too hard on the series? You should find us online and tell us. And where can people find you, Rudy Basso? Hey, so you can follow me on Twitter at Rudy Basso, uh, R-U-D-Y-B-A-S-S-O. You can also listen to the podcast that Alex and I have called D&D VNG. And it's a podcast where we just talk about Dungeons & Dragons video games. Our latest episode came out last Wednesday or Friday, depending on how scheduling worked out. I'm not sure yet. Also... Alex and I have a YouTube channel where we just take videos of games and talk about it. It's currently called uh, Game O'Clock, but I think that's just a temporary name. We had some Alex, what were the Oh, yeah, we're name? thinking uh, Bros of Boards. Boards, of course, standing for keyboards. Keyboards, yeah. Keyboards. And uh, Sheeple Attack, that was the one we're also thinking Yeah, right? there's a story behind that. Yeah, it's common. We, we don't really, we don't have time. Excellent, excellent. And Alex Basso, where can people find you in addition to the places Rudy already listed? You can find me on Twitter at yo underscore Alex Basso. Excellent, excellent. And Allison Rossi, where can people find you? You can find me mostly on Twitter, uh, the at symbol A-L-L-I-S-O-N-R underscore 91. So at Allison R underscore 91. And Joe Lestowski, where can people find you? Uh, I am on um twitter uh at joe listowski i am also uh i write for a website called uh acts of geek acts of geek.com i do a doctor who blog and a DD blog and some other stuff as well um and if you're in western massachusetts looking a game most nights i am at modern myths in northampton uh, massachusetts 
excellent. And people, if you have a question or topic you'd like to hear us discuss on the roundtable, reach out to me on Twitter at James Intracasso. That's at J-A-M-E-S-I-N-T-R-O-C-A-S-O. Or you can leave us a comment on the Tome Show's website, thetomeshow.com. And a quick shameless plug for me, check out my blog, which is all about Exploration Age. It's the fifth edition world that I am building. It's over at worldbuilderblog.me. Okay, everyone, thanks for listening. And thanks to Rudy, Alex, Allison, and Joe. Many thanks to Jeff Greiner for letting us join the Tome Show lineup and to Sam Dillon for getting the podcast out there on the airwaves. Our theme music, which you're listening to right now, was composed by Eric Michaels. Don't forget to go to thetomeshow.com and use the affiliate links whenever you shop on Amazon or D&D Classics to help support the show. And if you like the show, please rate the Tome Show on iTunes and like us on Facebook. Keep on rolling and keep on listening to the roundtable.